0: Thanks for tuning in to the Voyage Church Podcast. Our desire is that today's message will be significant for all of us on the Voyage of Becoming. Right, so look, I'm, uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys, a little bummed, a little bummed about Youth Camp. Uh, went ahead and, you know, the Bible says to be fruitful and multiply and my wife got pregnant with twins and we can't go to camp. Okay, I'm a little little bitter. But the babies, I know it's important, got to be here. I was like, do you think we could drive eight hours and you can maybe make it? Just like, just hold them in there. And then yesterday I was like, hey, can we time release these things? Could we just have one and then kind of figure that out a little bit and then have the second one? None of those are an option. Um, So Sean and I actually aren't going to be able to go to youth camp, but um, we've got incredible leaders and people that are going to be going uh, with our students. We're also, so Destiny Youth Camp, just quickly to kind of share with you, our church, a lot of people ask the question, what kind of church are you? And I'm like, I don't know, the, a new one? I don't know the answer to that question, what do you mean? And I know they, they're usually talking about denomination-wise, and, and you know, our whole team, we kind of all have different backgrounds. I believe there's, um, there's some essentials, and those essentials are that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father but by Him. I believe that we've been given the Great Commission to go there for in all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right, and take it to the ends of the earth, And so for us, we're gonna, Jesus said, hey, I'll give you all the commandments in two. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says the whole law is fulfilled in these two things. So for us, we're going to love God, and we're going to love people really, really well. Um, But we do have overseers that oversee Shauna and I in terms of spiritual authority to make sure that we're healthy as leaders, but also that the church is healthy in all the areas of finances and those kinds of things. We're also connected with a ministry, um, it's a network called Destiny. And Destiny is 180 churches from around the nation. We'll actually be going next Sunday after church. We'll hit the road and head to Mississippi to a Destiny meetup, and it's where pastors. and leaders who are part of this network meet up, and we do leadership training. We encourage each other. And so what's really cool about youth camp is this is the first year ever that Destiny is actually hosting a youth camp. And since Shauna and I have been in youth ministry so many years, they said, hey, will you guys help us kind of plan one and build one? So this camp is really Christ Central, which is a church in Lake City, Florida, one of our overseers, Pastor Lonnie Johns. He pastors that church. Um, He's been pastoring that for over 30 years. He sits on, he's the director of Destiny. So he oversees all 180 of those churches. He said, hey, how about our youth group? and then your youth group. I was like, Pastor Lonnie, we ain't got no youth group. We've only been around a few weeks. He's like, I know, I know. But but why don't we take young people from our two churches, and it'll be the first summer where destiny has its own youth camp. He said, and then the goal is, as the years go on, we'll pitch this to all 180 churches in the network and say, hey, if you want to bring your young people, we'd love to have you. So I just want you to know, not only are we in a pioneering space as a church, as Voyage Church, we've stepped into a new work. God's already put us in the ground to make sure that we're building and preparing things for the next generation. Amen? And so, look, sign up for youth camp. You can go to our website, thevoyage.church. Click the youth camp tab. You can go sign up there. And, uh, man, if you, if you know anybody 6th through 12th grade, I mean, heck, if you, like, see a kid in public, so like, hey, are you in 7th grade? I know that could, like, maybe creep him out be like, no, I'm not a weirdo. Like, do you want to go to youth camp, you know? Just get him to camp, okay? Telling you just get him to camp. Parents used to tell me all the time, he, Timmy just doesn't want to go. I was like, first off, Timmy's twelve. Tell him to shut up and put his butt on the bus and send him to camp. I said, he's gonna be mad for about three hours and then he's gonna get to camp and then he's never gonna wanna leave. I said, just get him to camp. So let's get young people to camp. Their life's gonna be changed, amen? Um, our church, we I, I can assure you that our church will keep going because Sean and I have a heart that our ceiling will be someone else's floor. I want as far as I go, I want the next to stand on top of that and go even farther with the gospel of Jesus, Amen. And so I'm, uh, I'm really excited, and I'm excited about today because, like we share with you, we are baptizing 11 people more if you want. Look, you can, you can get baptized in your blue jeans, all right? I've seen it happen many a times. Um, but I'm excited, 11 people going public with their faith with Jesus. Now, what we believe about baptism here at Voyage Church, baptism doesn't save you. Um, baptism is an outward expression of an inward work that has already happened. Jesus has already changed these people we see in 2 Corinthians 5:17 the old is gone and the new has come so jesus has already changed them But Jesus himself was baptized. And so this is an opportunity for us to obey the Lord and follow his example. Now, some people are like, well, do you have to get baptized to be saved? Um, I would say absolutely not because there was a thief on the cross. And he was like, Lord, will you please forgive me? And Jesus was like, surely you'll be with me in paradise. And he ain't had no time to crawl off the cross. But hey, y'all baptize me real quick before you kill me. Just real quick, okay? So it's not this like you have to do it, you're not saved. But man, if you're able to, there's nothing better than declaring and going public with your faith in Jesus. And so I'm really excited. We'll do that right after service. But what I want to do today talking about the idea, thinking about baptism, it declares this it declares this statement of I am new. I am new. That's that's the statement that it makes And so I want to talk from the subject today of I am new. Coming off of Easter last weekend, the only way that you and I can experience a new life is because Jesus was willing to give up his and come back to life so that we could find freedom, amen? And so that's what I want to talk about. What does it look like to be new? And I know in a room this size, we got people everywhere. You could be in here, like, I followed Jesus for 30 years, I was new, and now I'm kind of like, the newness has kind of wore off a little bit. You could be in here and be like, I don't really know about this whole Jesus thing. I'm not too sure. Like, I came to church a little reluctant. That's cool. There's space for you, too, because just know that you the only way to become new is to show up old, is to show up with some mess and some junk, and then the old life to be removed and be given a new life. And so everybody could be somewhere on this journey of new, but I pray that um, that as we unpack this together, that it will it will meet you right where you're at, wherever you might find yourself on that journey. Um And the other thing I just want to say real quick, we're going to release, because when it comes to being new, you could come to church every single week, and I say this often, so if you're hanging around Voyage Church, you'll hear it a lot. This cannot be the center of your faith. Like, Sunday mornings can't be the only spiritual health that you have. This is important. We've got to come here. We've got to gather. We've got to encourage each other. But it cannot just be, yeah, I go to church on Sundays, check the box off. Our heart at Voyage Church, the voyage means a long and extended journey. This is the long and extended journey of following Jesus. And our heart is that people will understand what it means to go after him on Monday, on Tuesday, to encounter his presence on a Wednesday, to live life together. And so one of the things we believe in Acts 2.42, it says that the people met together, they broke bread together, and they devoted themselves to the word of God. And so we're going to be releasing something. Um, sign-ups are available on the app right now but we're going to start something called groups. Groups are going to happen in homes all over our city um, and all over the county, and you'll be able to go to a group that works for the night, of the night of the week for you as well as maybe locationally close to where you live, and these groups are an opportunity where you'll get together with people in this church. Maybe you invite a friend who's never been to our church. That's cool too. Maybe they'll start coming to a group before they ever come to church. Amen, and what it is is it allows you to be able to live life with people because When the early church was growing in the book of Acts, it happened as they consistently met together, not just went to church once a week. Because if we just ate once a week, we'd be some sick people. We spiritually have to be fed consistently. And groups are going to allow this authentic relationship and community to happen. So that could be on a Tuesday night, a Thursday night. Right now, what we need you to do is, if you're interested, we're going to run a trial run for June and July. We'll do groups in June and July. Just every week, you'll meet um, at someone's house, there will be food. Maybe they send out a text and be like, hey, it's Taco Tuesday, and you show up, and let, let's let go, right? But then what are you going to talk about? We're going to take questions from the sermons on Sundays. There will be about three questions from the message because I, I promise you guys, I spend about 8 to 12 hours a week preparing a message, and, like, there's a lot more than I can give you in about 36 minutes, Okay. So it's going to allow you guys to meet with people who are maybe sitting in that same moment to be able to talk more and unpack the word and then apply it. Because the book of James says, don't just be a hearer only. He says, be a doer of the word. Because if you're just a hearer, you fool yourself. There's nothing worse in life than lying. But even worse than just lying on the base level is us lying to ourselves and actually believing it. It says, don't just be a hearer. Fooling yourself, be a doer. And we want to be a church of doers of the word. Amen? And so I'm excited about groups. Go to the app, sign up. All right, let me pray and we're gonna unpack this message. I am new. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the teacher. We ask that you would just um, reveal your truth to us today. We thank you that your word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus, that it would pierce our hearts today. Lord, I'm just your vessel. Jesus, may, may you, may you be magnified. Less of me and more of you in Jesus' name. Amen. So when it comes to following Jesus, um, there's just everything about him and what he does in his kingdom is newness. If you actually look in the book of Isaiah 43, 19, the book of Isaiah has hundreds of prophecies about Jesus. Jesus fulfilled all of them to a T. Um, And this specifically, look what the Lord says. um, He's speaking through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43, 19. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Don't you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I just want you to know that when it comes to Voyage Church, this scripture, as we prayed and prepared to move here and launch this church, I would read this scripture, being like, God, you're going to do a new thing. God, you're going to do a new thing. And I just want to let you know, you're sitting in the middle of it. Don't you see it? It's already begun. Eleven people getting baptized. That is rivers in the dry wasteland. It's already begun. You're sitting in the middle of a miracle. And so when it comes to meeting Jesus, we can literally make the statement, I am new. I am new. Now, if you've been in church any amount of time, there's a scripture we quote a lot, and I've referenced it, and it's this, 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Incredible verse, very powerful, but there's actually a lot of context. And so I want to read you the passage that... 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is found within. I'm just going to read it in its entirety, and if your neighbor falls asleep, you just Judy chop him in the throat. Ain't nobody falling asleep during the word of God being preached, okay? So here we go. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 11. I'm going to go to 21. I want to give you context of when he says, you are new if you belong to Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. Look at this. This is Paul speaking. He says, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. I hope as you come to Voyage Church, look, we don't got got all the best of the best, but I hope you know that our hearts are sincere. We love Jesus. We're going to make much of Jesus. It is always Jesus. It will always be Jesus. When he's lifted up, he draws all people to himself. Verse 12, are we commending ourselves to you again? No. We are giving you a reason to be proud of us so that you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart rut row shots fired he just said look I want you to know there are people who are bragging about look at what we got look how good this is look at look for us if we point at anything and brag about anything we're going to say look at the cross look at the death the burial the resurrection that's new life he's the one that's what we'll brag about that's what we'll boast about and Paul says I want you to see that we have a sincere heart verse 13 if it seems we are crazy it is bringing glory to God, and if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Just want to let you know, you come to Voyage Church, we got people on all different walks on the voyage, so one person might be worshiping, and they might dance a little bit and shout a little bit, and some people are like, well, that's weird. No, they're just somewhere on their voyage with Jesus, and it's okay for them to be there, and if they seem a little bit out of their right mind, according to the Bible, it says it's for the Lord, and then if they're in their right mind, it's for your sake. So just know that anything that's done when it comes to worshiping Jesus, it's always for him. And if we're ever doing it for ourselves, then that will be exposed. And this is what Paul is saying when he's pointing to this idea of being new. Verse 14, either way, Christ loves Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Verse 15, he died for everyone. Amen. Do you believe it? So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Just know that when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to Christianity, it's why so many people have such a a struggle when it comes to submitting and to surrendering. Because the life of following Jesus is about letting go and not living for yourself anymore. Jesus said, deny yourself. Deny yourself. It ain't about you. The only way we find the new life, the full life, is when we, we surrender, submit, and we make our life about him. And so he says, you no longer live for yourself. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 16, we're almost to 17. It takes a little bit to get the full picture. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. I will let you know at Voyage Church right now, this is a space where you can come wherever you're at. Maybe you showed up and you're like, man, I'm so far from God. That is incredible. There's no better place for you to be. I don't care what your Friday night looked like. I don't care what Saturday night looked like. I see what Sunday morning looks like. And you're in the room and Jesus is here and he's ready to do it new thing, and I just want you to know that's the kind of church that we are. We are no longer evaluating and judging people from a human point of view. We are going to see you the way that Jesus sees you, and he is full of love when he looks at you. That's the way he sees you. We no longer we stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. That's my prayers. Today, someone walks out saying, How differently I see Jesus now. Verse 17: this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Oh, there it is. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. So, how does that happen? No longer living for ourselves, submitting to him, no longer evaluating us or anyone else from a human point of view. That is where, that Jesus died for us. He died my death. That is where new life begins. And he finishes in verse 18 on. He says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling. The word reconcile means to bring back together. It could mean restored relationship, of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Jesus was the one giving it, bringing us back to God, back to relationship, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation so that we are Christ's ambassadors. You know what ambassadors do, right? Ambassadors are from a place, but they don't live where they're from they live in a different place and represent where they're from that's why Jesus said in John 17 father they're not of this world just as I'm not of this world when you say yes to Jesus your home becomes heaven but you're an ambassador of heaven that's why Jesus said in John 17 Lord don't take them out of the world I need them to be an ambassador of heaven living on earth representing their home Jesus would say this when you pray pray this way our father who art in heaven heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Thy will be done where on earth as it is where You're an ambassador. Represent your home. Represent your home. It is the place where Jesus is magnified. I I promise you if there's any place on earth where night and day Jesus is magnified, it's heaven. They literally fly around the throne, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They never stop saying it day and night. We are supposed to represent heaven, so I promise you, you walk in this place, you're going to see worship, and we're going to magnify. Holy is the one, the lamb that was slain. This is what we'll do because we're ambassadors. We represent where we're from on earth right now. And it finishes out by saying, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ, and when we plead, uh, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Somebody give the word of God a hand clap, because that is good. That is freedom. That is power. And it's truth, and the truth will set you free. Have you ever gotten anything new? Have you ever gotten, like, something new? Like, uh, I got this iPhone 13 for first, uh, I, my last iPhone was an XR I got in 2019 before I went to Jamaica on a mission trip, and, uh, like, my phone was, like, glitching, like, there were certain parts of the screen that didn't really work. So, when I got the, the new iPhone 13, someone asked me yesterday, do you let Canyon hold your phone? That's our, our 14-month-old. <laughs> he ain't on my phone. I don't care. Yeah, but it'll calm him down. Well, my phone ain't gonna calm him down. Someone else's phone, but it ain't touch. it's new. It's just something when you get something new, you treat it in a unique way. We got a new computer for the church, and it runs some of the stuff for the band back here, and Joe, um, he kind of it's his precious. It's his baby. Joe does a lot of our video editing, and so he's working all throughout the week. But I looked at Joe, and I was like, look, bro, this costs more than your life and my life put together, okay? Like I had to drive to Birmingham to go pick it up because we had to get the souped-up version and the whole deal. And it's one of those things like this is new, and we're going to treat it like it's new. In five years, it's still new. We're going to treat it like it's new. But if you, you know what I'm talking about. You've gotten something new, and you're excited, and you took really good care of it, but then somehow the newness wore off. You ever been there? It's like that thing that you were, like, so careful about. Somehow, some way, like, you dropped it. Your kids spit up on it. You know, something happened. Like, young people. Like, I felt like it was a trend for a while as a youth pastor where young people just walked around with cracked phone screens. Like, I felt like they were just, like, cracking their screens on purpose. Like, yeah, got a big, big crack on my phone. Like, I don't under, like, and, and they just would leave it. And some of them were like, I ain't got no money. I'm like, bro. There are literally people who go to Ross and buy a $25 pair of Nikes and flip them for $150 online. There ain't no excuse to not have no money, okay? Like, dude, just get on a grind and make something happen. Let's get you a new screen. But we get in this space where it's just the newness wore off. It was new. I took good care of it until it kind of just wasn't there anymore. Everybody was given a sheet of paper when they walked in. If you weren't given a sheet of paper, will you please raise your hand and someone will get you a sheet of paper, And then if you do not have a pen, please raise your hand. I have some people in the room. Miss Jade is here with pens. Yeah, Miss Jade, and I think there's one other. Yes. So we have pens if you need a pen. We're going to do a little assignment in church, okay? I know some of you are like, I didn't come to do work. Well, you know what? You're here now. So remember when I said don't judge people? Judge anyone who doesn't participate. Okay, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, sort of. Um. So this, is, this has got to go quick, because otherwise I'm going to preach for way, way, way too long. So listen, everyone repeat after me. Do not, do not overthink this. Overthink okay, this is an analogy, but I want it to, I want you to like, when, when the moment hits, I want you to feel it and be like, oh, snap. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so that's why I'm having you do this. Don't overthink it. Chuck, don't overthink it. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I want you to give me a list of five things in your life. Now, hold on. I want you to start with the most important. And I know if you're like a Christian in the room, it's like, Jesus. And that's fine. If that's you, like, whatever's most important in your life, all the way down. And that could be anything. That could be job, kids. That could be a hobby, um, whatever. Like, you could, that could be a goal in your life. You're like, man, this goal is really important that I'm getting to this point. Maybe it's retirement. Hello. Um, whatever that looks like. The top five things of, like, importance in your life that you focus on. Ready, set, go. Don't overthink this, okay? Broad, Broad. Young people, we don't need you to be like, I want a master's of science, and and I want a minor in, you know, underwater basket weaving. We don't need all details, okay? Just quick, to the point, top five things. All right, the first person that's done that has God at the top of your list, I need you to bring it to me. God, Jesus, something like that. And if someone doesn't come up here with that at the top of their list, we better have an altar call, okay? Everybody gonna get saved. Okay, perfect. Awesome. I'm gonna give this right back to you. Hang on, one just one second. So, I'm not gonna read all your things, but here's these five things, and the first one is Jesus. And here's the notion. We've just been told, if you've been around church, grew up in America, like in the South, like, no, you need to keep God first. I need to do better keeping God first, you know? And it's like this task almost, and it's why we get this mindset of, I went to church, check the box off, I got my kid in youth group, I mean, I still, I still live crappy, but my kids go to church. No, no, no. We, we get this idea. Well, I'm just trying to keep God first. So sheet of paper, everybody flip it over, start again, start again, top five things of value and importance in your life, and anything dealing with God, faith, Jesus cannot be on the list. In other words, just be unspiritual for just a second, Okay. And some of y'all are going to hear, about. I didn't put God on it anyways. Well, then amen that he, he, he somehow will find his way. But right now, at, make the list, whatever that may be. But know anything with your faith. And then, Chuck, when you're done, I'm going to use your paper. Because this, this is volume two for you. Chuck and I had a coffee meeting this past week. We talked through this. It was a test run. All right, so got five things? Chuck, you got it? I'm counting on you. Okay. So, we've all gotten something new. The newness has wore off. And I think sometimes the reason the newness wears off is because you could end up getting another new thing, or life gets busy, and it's somehow, some way. And if we all agree, these, these things, if you put them in order, they can somehow, some way find different orders, right? Sometimes, oh, one got dropped down to three, but I need to get that back. But when I look at the list and I see nothing dealing with God, I was a youth pastor, it was 2013, 14, I was in my office and I felt like the Lord said, write your priorities. And so I was, I've recently been married and so I'm writing these priorities down, but of course God's number one. Like maybe may really bad to be a pastor and God not be number one on my list, right? And so I make my list. And as I'm sitting in my office, I, I didn't hear an audible voice. It was just that I sensed in my heart, the Lord was like, write it again, but don't put me anywhere on the paper." So I actually grabbed a whole new sheet of paper, and I wrote out my list, and it was kind of weird to even get past one and be like, I really feel like my life don't really make sense without you, God, and so I feel like you really need to be on the list. I wrote it, and as I was sitting there, I was just kind of looking at it, and I was like, I don't know if you're supposed to whisper something else. it was kind of getting awkward, like what? And it was, it was just in that the Bible says that he'll speak in a still, small voice. I just sensed that he said this. He said, John, I'm the paper. You have no list and no ability to steward or take care of any priorities in your life. If I am not first, no no, God doesn't want to be first. He wants to be your life. Galatians 2:20 you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live. It is Christ who lives in you. He is everything. And with him being everything, then, yes, there are priorities. I, I'm married and I have kids and and, and I have goals and, and ambitions and all these things. And those can exist within the framework of my life is no longer mine. My life is the Lord's. And so I just want you to know today as we talk about this idea of newness, this is not me saying, hey, like, look, I, you've been made new in Jesus. And let's work really hard to not let the newness wear off. No, no, no. The newness is you're just new forever and ever. I don't care how much you messed up since you said yes to Jesus, you are new. And you are new day one. You are new five years from now when your marriage is falling apart and you can wake up and say, no, I'm new. I am new in Christ. I'm not like, well, I'm not as new as I once was. You are brand new because he is your life. He's your life. He's everything. And with him, when he is everything, he literally gives us the ability to steward the things that we hold dear to our heart. And I'll even say this, the things that you hold dear to your heart when he is everything, the Bible says that God will give you the desires of your heart if you'll delight yourself in him. A lot of people will take that scripture and be like, oh, if I just delight myself in the Lord, I can have whatever I want. Careful, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll change your heart to be his heart and you won't want what you want anymore. You'll want what he wants. Because see, what you and I want is just a want, but what God wants for us is actually what we need. I don't really, like, I know I need to go to church, I don't really want to, I read a statistic that said the average attendance of an American in church is 16 times a year. Y'all, my life would have been done and over. Marriage, not, like, there's no way without the community of faith that I could have even made it to the point where I'm standing right now. I need Jesus, and I need his church, and that's why he died for his church. So I want to share a passage with you really quick. I'm going to unpack this. Uh, pretty quickly, it's probably a scripture. Maybe you've never heard. It's in Acts chapter twenty, starting in verse seven, and it's about this idea of newness wearing off. Um, I'm going to read from the Message translation, and if you're in here and maybe you're like kind of uh, you're a big Bible person, you love to study, you might hear the message and be like, "Ooh, that's a." First off, please understand that I do my homework. The message is a transliteration; it's not a translation. Okay, and the guy who put down the words for the message. He was doing it from the way that it would have come out of their mouths speaking in Aramaic, which would have been the language of the day. My job and my responsibility, you can rest assured I've done, is I've studied the original language, okay? So I don't read the message version and take it for what it says. I go look at the original language, and I'm able to see kind of some imagery that this version can unpack, okay? So I just want to be clear, because if someone's like, oh, he preaches out of that, First off, you ever been here on a Sunday? I've probably unpacked like nine or 10 different versions, okay? And I'm going to give you something in Greek. But this this version, I love the way it unpacks the story. And it's a story where I believe a young man had been new in Christ, but somehow, some way, not even some big crazy sin or some awful thing, I think the newness wore off. Let's read this together really quick. I'll read it all the way through and I'll kind of paint some pictures for you. Acts 20. We met on Sunday to worship and celebrate the Lord's Supper. Paul addressed the congregation. I need you to know by the way that you know Jesus has died, resurrected, ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and there in Acts chapter 2 and Acts 20 is about 21 years after the day of Pentecost, okay? So we've got we got quite a bit of time after the fact. And so they met on a Sunday to worship and celebrate the Lord's Supper. Paul addressed the congregation. Our plan was to leave first thing in the morning, but Paul talked on way past midnight. That's my kind of preacher, y'all. He just talked on and on way past midnight. Anybody ready? Y'all brought snacks? We were meeting in a well-lighted upper room, a young man named Eutychus. Don't ever name your kid that. Eutychus was sitting in an open window. As Paul went on and on, I love how the writer is for sure like, hey, y'all, Paul was preaching too long. Like, just, just want to make sure everybody knows. It says, Eutychus fell sound asleep and toppled out the third story window. ruh Like, there's just nothing good falling asleep out third story window. When they picked him up, he was dead. What a church service. Paul, how, how'd it go? How'd Sunday go? How'd your message go? Someone died. What? They died? died to their old life, new in Christ, amen. No, he literally died, fell asleep, just died. It says, Paul went down and stretched himself on him and hugged him hard. Now, that sounds like very, very weird imagery, but you actually see this in 2 Kings where um, Elisha goes and lays on a boy and he literally prays, like he lays on top of him, but it, we would get the notion in the Hebrew specifically that like a mouth-to-mouth resuscitation type thing had happened. But Paul goes and lays on this young boy, and look what happens. It says he stretched himself on him, hugged him, no more crying. He said, there is life in him yet. Then Paul got up and served the master's supper. I love how Paul said, I'm about to bring this boy back to life, and I wasn't done preaching. Everybody back upstairs, let's go. It says he serves the Lord's supper, and he went on telling stories of the faith until dawn. Hey, y'all, this is about to be a sunrise service. On that note, they left, Paul going one way and the congregation leading the another, leading the boy off alive and full of life themselves. As I read this scripture and I thought about the idea of newness, there's three things. Number one, when it comes to living our lives in a state of I am new in Christ, I am new in Christ. No matter what I go through, what I encounter, I am new in Christ. Number one, you got to notice something. It says they met together. You want to live in a constant state of I'm brand new. Jesus has made me brand new. I've got a new mind, new heart. I am new. I promise you that one of the principles of walking in the newness is staying in the community of God, meeting together, consistently meeting together. We see this in the book of Acts. It says they would meet together in worship. Then they would meet in homes. It says then they would literally sell their possessions and share with anyone who has need. Like it gets crazy in the early church. Like, like oh, you, you can't make it? Well, let me sell this. Look, I, I got you. And I know for some of us, like, no, man, I work, like, people need it, people need, it. this isn't anything about not working. The church that Sean and I were at before we moved here, we had groups just like what we're about to start. And I'll never forget the story of the single mom who was coming to group and just had fell on hard times. She was sweetest lady. She would serve in our church, and literally, she was not, like, walking in, like, I'm struggling, I'm hurting. It took time for her to even begin to open up where she really was. And it wasn't Someone going to a pastor, or her going to the pastor, and being like, "I'm just really struggling. Can you please do this for me?" It was literally a group of people who met in a house every single week that they found out, and they, some of them, talked together. They went and sat with her, and we said, "Look, we know you're not even going to want to accept this, but we have put a bunch of money together, and we're going to take care of your mortgage for the next month because we know you got a job interview coming up, and we just want to make sure we can take that weight off of you." And I'm telling you, that is what the Church of Jesus looks like. That's the kingdom. It's not a handout. It's when people are willing. They're like, look, I'm doing everything I can. And people come alongside and say, hey, we are literally family by the blood of Jesus. Like, I'm not letting you walk this thing solo. We are right here with you in the midst of it. And so... We've got to meet together. It says in Psalms 92, 13, it in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. You want your life to flourish? The principle is you better be found planted in the house of God. I'm just telling you, it doesn't mean everything's easy. doesn't mean it always works out. I'm just telling you there is something about a healthy community. You know one of the ways that they punish people in prison, right? They don't put them with more people. They isolate them. The enemy wants you isolated. The enemy would love for you to believe, I can believe in God and serve God and be a Christian and never go to church. He would love for you to believe that lie. He would love to isolate you and terrorize your life, but in the community of God. As we were singing the song, I know the song's talking about, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I was just thinking about the fact being in a room this size, thinking to myself, man, what if the worst of the worst happened in my life? I've got people surrounding me that would step in and be right there in the midst of my darkest days and vice versa. Vice versa, they met together. The first way to stay in your newness, don't stop showing up. People ask me often, John, how did you live this life? I felt called to ministry in seventh grade and my, my, my testimony is unique in the way that God really did just have his hand on my life through some things. I struggled, I had my own sins, but I had very private sins because I was more concerned the way I looked out towards people because people, people knew that I was a Christian, but literally I had this fakeness that was happening and Jesus had to set me free of it. But I'll never forget one of the biggest things when people ask me, parents would ask me, young people all the time, John, what got you to where you are? And my answer would be like, I never stopped showing up. I had pastors who made terrible decisions, hurt my family, destroyed churches. I've watched churches collapse because men made, uh, failed, but God did not fail. God does not fail, and God does not fail us, but man can fail. And that's why for us, like we believe in having accountability and pastors in our lives speaking into us. But I'll, I, it was just simply, I never stopped showing up. I've never stopped showing up to the house of God. We have to do it for the newness not to wear off. Second thing is this. How do we stay new, not let the newness wear off? The word of God renews us. I believe that this boy Eutychus is sitting in an upstairs room, and he probably heard the gospel some point from the day of Pentecost on. He's heard the message of Jesus. He's believed. And here he is just sitting, maybe in the third story. This might have been Eutychus' spot. This is just where he sits. Some other teenager walks up, and Eutychus walks up. He's like, hey, no, that's my spot. Move. And here he is in his spot. But what happens is, is the newness can begin to wear off, and we can stop leaning into the word of God and saying, no, I need this. His word is literal breath. It is life. It is the bread of life. I need it. And this newness wears off. It's like, yeah, I'm in church. Yeah, I don't know. i will just kind of distract. And I believe Eutychus probably hit a point where it was just he distracted, tired, the newness wore off, and here he goes, falling asleep. The word of God renews us, Romans 12, two, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and, pr- and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm telling you, if you don't want the newness to wear off, get in the word yourself. You don't need a pastor to constantly preach to you. You need to open up the word of God. I know people are going to be like, man, I've tried to read it. I don't understand it. Listen to me right now. And if you've been in here any amount of time, I've used this analogy. But, Chuck... We found out that no one's ever called him Chuck till he came to church here. We found that out this morning as we were setting up chairs. I was like, what, for real? He's like, yeah, Zach just gave me the name Chuck. And I'm like, well, in the Bible, when people, you know, start following Jesus, they got a new name. So, hey, Chuck, welcome to church. Um, But Chuck, uh, what year were you born? 2002, okay. I always love when people, and they go, oh, everybody kind of feels old. But then, like, one, like I can say the year I was born because it makes me feel old, and then someone else in the room is going to be like, bro, shut up, you ain't old, right? But... So let's go 2008, April 4th. What'd you eat for lunch? Couldn't tell me. You probably ate lunch, though. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, you ate something. So you're telling me you don't remember what you ate, but you probably ate something, and it fed you, and it sustained you. Meaning that you could be, I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. Look, every word you read... Might not You might not understand, but every word you read will feed you. It is a seed. It will take root in your heart, and it will grow at the right time. You got people that you can meet with some people and ask some questions, but find yourself in the word of God. Begin to read the word of God. It will feed you. I've I've been in this since seventh grade, like literally just like, I want to know the word of God, and look, y'all, I don't read stuff. Be like, that don't make no sense. I tried every version. I tried every easy version. It still don't make no sense, but it's like as you go on this voyage of following Jesus, there's this revelation and things begin to wake up and be unpacked right before your eyes because you're constantly growing and you're constantly eating we've got a six-year-old and like grilled cheese mac and cheese pizza french fries oatmeal waffles you notice everything's the same color like it's just that's where she's at right now but she's going to get to a point where she might try something else right all i know is she's just got to keep eating right now that's important amen I know some people are like, you just let her eat that all the time. Well, she got to eat something, okay? If you want to come fight the fight, you come to my house and you fight the fight. But she needs to eat something. And what I know is as she grows, her palate might change. She might start to, and I'm just letting you know, you might not understand it all, but it will feed you. Get in God's word. It's alive. You need it. And the third way that we make sure that the newness doesn't wear off is this. What do you do in your life when everything goes out the window? Did you catch it? Eutychus, he fell out the window. Oh, I should probably explain what his name means in Greek, shouldn't I? Because when you look up the name Eutychus in Greek, it changes the whole story. But I'll let you guys look it up. Look it up later. It's incredible. Oh, y'all want me to tell you? Oh, my bad. Y'all just want me to study for you? Okay. God is so sovereign that literally everything in Scripture and names have so much meaning and depth. And when, you, when I'm reading this story, I'll do it often. I'll come across a name, a city. And I'm like, man, I wonder what that means, like in the original language. Because just so you know, the English language, y'all, it's just weak language. It's weak. It, the, the Greek language has so much more density to it. And so when I looked up Eutychus in Greek, I was literally reading. I went and read the story again. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. That God, like God's not boring, y'all. I think he had a lot of fun. With all of his control and sovereignty in life, Eutychus literally means good luck what do you do when good luck goes out the window? What do you do? It can mean good fortune. What do you do when everything good in your life goes out the window? I can tell you what the apostle Paul did. He walked downstairs. Everybody else is crying. Oh my gosh, he's dead. It's over. And Paul looks at him. And he says, there's life in it yet. Oh my gosh, my marriage. It's There's life in it yet. Oh my gosh, my kid. You won't believe. There's life in it yet. You speak the word of God because when everything else goes out the window, I don't need good luck. I need a good God and I need to look the dead things and speak life. And this is what the Apostle Paul did. And I think Apostle Paul did it with so much confidence, he walked down, he said, shh, shut up. Oh, y'all crying. He's alive. There's life in him yet. I got a sermon to finish. Let's go take communion. There's life in it yet. Don't call it over. Don't, the newness has wore off. No, no, no. I speak today. If you've been following Jesus 30 years or three months, There's life in it yet. Don't you dare give up. Don't you stop showing up. You stay in the word of God. And my last question, to not let the newness wear off, what do you do? What do the people, your friends, your closest people in your life, the people you call your circle, how do they respond when your life is in shambles? Because if they don't respond with prayer and the word of God and faith, you need a new circle. You need a new circle. Because I'm telling you that it is a young boy who is paralyzed that needed to get to Jesus in the Bible. And it says they tried to walk through the front door and there was no room. And you know what they did? Sorry, bud, we tried. No, that's not true. They literally walked around, climbed on top of the roof, dug a hole, and lowered the man through the roof. You know what Jesus said? The Bible says that Jesus seeing the friend's faith, he said to the crippled man, in your darkest days, someone else's faith could literally be the thing that brings God's breakthrough to you. Jesus said, I saw their faith, and I spoke to the paralyzed boy. What does the group of people in your life, what does it look like when everything is falling apart? Because we're all going to have it. It's going to happen. Jesus said, John 16, in this life you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I am telling you that you and I have to be in the house of God, in the word of God, and in intentional biblical relationship with people who are, let me say it this way. A lot of men, we don't like this because like, I don't need anybody calling me out. I don't need anybody holding me accountable. I know, I know I got my demons. I know what I got. No, you don't, bro. You've been locked up by them for 12 years. And no one's trying to call you out. We're trying to call you up. We're calling you to a higher place because that's what God has for you. Ladies, sometimes it'll be a little bit easier. But sometimes with ladies, what you'll struggle with is like, I just don't want to open up because I don't want anybody to judge me. And I just want you to know In the community of God, the healthy community of God, this is not judgment. This is not judgment. This is when you open up. The Bible says we can bear one another's burdens. You don't have to bear it alone. And so you see this whole moment happen. And when we, when it closes, it says that the people went one way and Paul went another, leading the boy off, full of life. But notice and full of life themselves. Do You understand that when your life is impacted by the power of God, it can literally fill other people. It can impact other people. It's not just your encounter. It's not just you consistently showing up, pressing into the things of God. It's needed. There's, there are literally people that you've invited to church who haven't shown up, and guess what? You're gonna invite them for the next five years, and they're not gonna show up, but you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna sit back and watch. I wonder if they're about it, about it. Like, I wonder if they're like, for real. They're just going to watch. And let them watch you show up. Believe God. Trust God. Husbands, let them watch you transform into a whole different man as you lead your family. The man you once were, people are going, bro, I don't even understand it anymore. I'm new. That old man, the one that you used to know, he's dead. I'm brand new because of Jesus. Ladies, let your life be filled and and known that you are loved. You are enough. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He sees you. You are not constantly trying to be enough. He saw you as worth it. In him, you are enough. And so today as we're going to celebrate baptism, there's this story that I want to close with in the book of Acts. The worship team's going to come up. And this story is interesting, and I'm just going to share it with you as we prepare for baptism, but also I wanna make sure that you know when it comes to finding new life or maybe you're in a place where you're like, man, I just need to be renewed. It was kind of something in this message I put at the bottom there It was just new and renewed because let's be honest, there are times where it gets tough. There are times where you feel like you've gotten far away from God and I just want you to know, he's not sitting there going, what the heck are you doing? I'm so, I'm so angry at you, I'm so frustrated. He's just waiting to renew you. He's just waiting to pour out his love in a new way on you for you to come back to him. New and renewed, this is the heart of God. But this story is really interesting. It's uh, in Acts chapter 8. There's a guy named Philip. And Philip, is uh, he, he's evangelizing. And um, it says the, the Holy Spirit speaks to Philip and says, hey, I need to go down this road. And it says um, he's going down the road and he sees this Ethiopian. And this Ethiopian, he, he works for the queen. Um, and he's a eunuch, which means... Snip, snip. And so he, you know, there's no brown chicken, brown cow for this boy, okay? So I'm trying to say, sorry, I'm like mixed company. I'm just trying to figure out how to. But that's what a eunuch was. And it's because he worked for the queen, and they wanted to make sure that the eunuchs, they, they couldn't, like, there was no, like, funny business going on. Like, these guys served the queen, but they were to serve the queen in their position, and there was no, like, hey, girl, look at me. I look good. Like, you know, I could be another one of you. No, none of that. He just did his job. And so he's actually leaving the city on his chariot, because the eunuchs, if that happened to them, they were well taken care of, okay, because of what happened to them. Okay, all right, everyone's kind of looking at me like, what's he going to say? I don't know, I'm just going to make sure you understand what's going on here, He's in his carriage, and it says he's reading the book of Isaiah, which is, remember, the prophecies of Jesus. And it says he's reading them, and Philip walks up, and, and, and Philip can hear him reading. And he's reading the one where it's like, you were led like a lamb to the slaughter, and it's a prophecy about Jesus. It says he did not open his mouth, and we can go see that when Jesus is there. Uh, um, you know, he's been arrested, and he's there before Pilate, and doesn't open his mouth. And so he's reading this, and Philip says, do you know what you're reading? And the eunuch goes, well, how can I unless someone explains it? please understand that explaining is not just the preacher's job. Actually, according to the Bible, my job as a pastor is to equip saints for the work of ministry. Prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, apostles, they are to equip saints for the work of ministry. Do you know who the preachers are? Your life. The life you live is the greatest sermon that'll ever be preached. He says, how can I know unless someone explains it to me? Philip begins to explain the whole gospel. I Man, this is what Jesus did. He was born of a virgin, and he lived a perfect, sinless life. He died your death. He came back. He appeared to over 500 people. He ascended to the right hand of God. His Holy Spirit came. There was this upper room, and God's Spirit came, and it empowered people. And now the churches began to grow. I can imagine the unit going, I've heard about it. It's why I've got the scroll right here. Like, I've heard about this stuff. And as he's hearing He obviously tells him everything because they go past a body of water. And the eunuch goes, and we got on the screen right here. So they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water, and Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. I love the question What prevents me from being baptized? Do I need to go to church more? Do I need to read the Bible some more? Do I need to stop sinning? You mean nothing prevents me? Well, what do I got to do, Philip? Confess and believe. I believe. Well, come on, let's get baptized. I just want you to know that the heart for Voyage Church here is that nothing we do would prevent you from seeing Jesus and seeing the gospel and knowing that that's where your freedom is found. And that is where freedom lies. Today, as 11 people go under the water and come out declaring that they are new in Jesus, we want nothing to prevent them because God's heart is that nothing would prevent us. Not your past, not your shame, not your guilt, not your sin. Nothing prevents you. Jesus literally just says, come to me all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Man, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you, you feel brand new. Maybe you feel like you need to be renewed. Maybe you're in here and you just needed someone to speak over your life. There's life in it yet. Don't you quit on that marriage. Don't you give up on that. Don't you give up on that child. Don't you quit on that business venture that you know God put in your heart. There's life in it yet. There's life in it yet. You keep believing, you keep holding on, you keep showing up, you find yourself in the word. I promise you, if you read the word, it'll read you and it'll begin to show you more about yourself. And then find your circle, sign up for a group, download the app, get in a group and watch what God will do. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. The team's gonna lead us and as they lead us, here's what I really sense in my heart. If you're in here today and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, man, I'd love to talk with you. I'm gonna come stand right over here um, to my left, your right. But we just have this altar open down here, and I just really, I've said it for weeks, I believe that something happens. I believe renewal happens. When you just come before Jesus, you're not coming before people up here. It's, it's, there's something about a step of faith. When you walk out and just say, Jesus, I'm just coming to where you are. I'm just taking the step. God, do you see that faith is always an outward expression? Faith is never something that just stays on the inside. It expresses itself outwardly. And so I'm going to pray right now. And, man, if you just feel like you need renewal in your life, man, you, you need to have a moment with Jesus. You need to have that. And I'm just letting you know it's open. And sure, you could sit at your seat and do that. I just know in my life, something has happened when I've taken a step. She said, Jesus, I'm stepping out. Like, I want a renewal in you and with you. And if you're in here today and you've never said yes to following Jesus, I would love to show you what that looks like and walk you through it. I want to be standing right here. Man, today's your day. Man, you might be sitting here going like, bro, I got to get baptized. Like, I believe, and I've never got baptized. Look, bro, I got some extra black T-shirts back there. I went and bought at Target yesterday. I got some extra towels. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing because this is the greatest adventure you'll ever go on, the voyage of following Jesus. Father, we just come before you right now. Lord, we thank you that your spirit is here. God, that your word is alive. God, that you're calling people right now. God, some people... For the first time, God, others, God, just a renewal by your presence and by your spirit, Jesus. We pray it right now in your name and everybody's name. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check us out on thevoyage.church to stay updated on everything God is doing in our city.